Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast. This is episode 14, and today we're going to be talking about something that will probably get us a bit hot under the collar, which is the marketing of alcohol. And it's a sort of a mixture of what we've observed ourselves and what we've read and our sort of feelings about it but also I had the privilege of speaking to someone off the record who um, was an insider of the industry who is a marketeer of alcohol um, globally for one of the big um, um, booze companies I can't mention any names obviously um, so it's all anonymous but um, it's quite interesting I think hopefully you'll find it quite interesting and maybe it will just help to frame it differently because I think when we have problems with alcohol we can just we start off just thinking it's us and it's quite lonely and to realise that all of the information that we receive can actually add to that you know it comes from somewhere um i personally find that that really useful so that's kind of our hope with it today i suppose so hi mandy hello how are you doing yeah not too bad i'm having a kind of quiet morning i've got a bit headachey and periody (laughs) we're talking about periods again um (laughs) so yeah i'm just kind of keeping uh keeping indoors I'm working this afternoon so just kind of trying to rest my head this morning Mm. um I just wanted to say a quick shout out because um I talked recently to David who um runs recovery works recovery wrx.org which is a a website and um it was his one year soberversary recently and I know that I know that he uh listens to the podcast and uh, he's, I mean, been on a full-on, very, very hard um, journey with alcohol. So I just wanted to say, well done to him. And yeah. um, and also uh, the go and check out the website because it's a, a really good, interesting resource um, about recovery uh, and arts and kind of poetry. And there's lots of different angles to it, which is interesting. So well done, David. Oh, well done, David. Um, yeah and we'll link Um, that won't we we'll put that in the notes that so you can look it up yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah other than that i'm all right and you same as you same as you yeah um you know the cycle (laughs) 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 which is my kind of ongoing thing at the moment which i was talking about last week so i won't go on about it anymore i am really (laughs) trying to manage a bit of overwhelm at the moment because i'm quite busy with work and i've had my poor son off school all week poorly back and forth to the doctor because he hasn't you know it's been viral but it looks like we'll need some antibiotics today so you know doing that busy juggling mum thing and trying to remember to do a bit of self-care you know and just going well that's fine is anyone gonna plan that in for me and give me a window for a bit of that so Mm. you know it's fine it's just a it's a busy time but you know it'll be fine next week it is my intention that when we log on i'll be like yeah i'm really chilled i'm really relaxed i've had an amazing (laughs) week right so (laughs) that is my intention let's see let's see if it happens so manifest that yeah right (laughs) so this um marketing yeah so do you want to tell me a little bit about because we haven't spoken about what what you talked about obviously as we said we can't use any names um but yeah what did you what did your interview uh tell you well she told me to her view on it was it was very deliberate um the marketing strategies around alcohol and that it was clever and subtly done and we sort of got deeper and deeper so i think i'll just kind of go from the very beginning because she was mm. sort of saying you know basically the messages that women get is it's sexy and sophisticated you know you were uh, uh, and she felt very much that the visual images um in adverts that, that you see on TV, you know, especially, I suppose, around Christmas, where you have the touch of hands and the kind of glimmering candlelight, and it suggests intimacy, connection, love. Um, and also, you know, this kind of going out and being, be, yeah, being glamorous, being sophisticated. So it's very much that. It's, um, and also, she, she had noticed that kind of crutch at the school gates, that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll talk a bit more about the, the things that I think, the messages that I, I brought up a bit later. But she, um, 
Yeah, she sort of said that, it, and it's very much the, the, that it's the normal thing to do and they work very hard to promote it as very normal and I guess that's why, um, you know, we were talking about drinkaware.co.uk that we've referenced quite a lot and the fact that mm. even agencies like that are sponsored and funded by big booze companies and it still fits with their... Uh, it suits them to think that there's a few people with a dirty, shameful little secret, but the rest is very normal. You know, it's very normal to drink if it's a wedding, if it's a funeral, if it's a Sunday lunch, if it's going out with your friends, and that it's completely normal. That And so that really still is the prevalent message that's being kind of pushed. So I found that okay. quite interesting that, that that was seen even on that level within within those you know it's a conscious thing to promote it like that put it that way it's not it's not it's not yeah it's not an accident so um i don't know where to begin really with it i mean i could talk about you said that they they talk they talk about you said um briefly earlier that they start uh sort of pre-18 18 18 age yeah okay so they have different strategies for for each age group yeah so it was very much taken as yeah different sort of demographic sets and age groups and obviously the um i think it was the three was it the two dogs or something hooch was marketed Mm. at uh teenagers and then that smirnoff ice took over and try not to give give them any advertising promotion just oh yeah Alka okay alcopop sorry i'm not even <laughs> yeah. sure if i'm allowed to say those names but anyway we, we all know that they're out there um yeah and so that was very successful it, it sort of bridged the gap between pop and alcohol alcopop mm. and then the next sort of section was the 25 to 35 was it so they um you know you think about they can think about converting people at that point um and really establishing that that use and then after that they assume that you're hooked and but what they found is that then people slowed down a bit post 50 so they created a campaign called the ageless campaign because you never call it what it is apparently and that was to create drinks for the over 50s so to make sure that you're kind of keeping that market again i can't really give any specifics Mm. around that so the other thing that they said was that um they never when when they're they're in board meetings they don't talk about drunk you're not allowed to use the word drunk you talk about um what did i say the low the the shifting gears didn't i so it was the Oh, low tempo to high tempo. So the idea is you start low tempo, but you want to get people to high tempo drinking because they drink more and then you sell more. And they refer to it as sessionable drinking. So it's not just Mm -hmm. one. You don't want someone to go out and have one. You want it to turn into a session. So again, you know, you can say, well, obviously, you know, we want to be selling more because we're going to make more money. But what you're selling is something that's going to put people at massive risks if they follow your very you know if they follow your plan what's the outcome for people if you're successful what is the outcome um so that was quite interesting and then the other thing um looking at globally and i found this probably one of the most the darkest things really um they worked in the africa uh, innovation uh, field and beer apparently is very um acceptable in africa and it's sort of aspirational um maybe because of the heat you can drink uh, more of it um i don't know and but it's quite expensive so they looked at um expanding markets and there was the de section of the population which are the poorest men they were looking at mm-hmm. um people you know literally live in mud huts with nothing and and queue up at the side of the road hoping that there might be a job that day and so they can't afford beer so they wanted to design in their laboratories a generic grain spirit um so that's whatever there was a glut of and therefore mm. would be cheap to produce that could be then mixed with colorings and sugar and put in beer looking bottles so that they could sell it to those members of society yeah. and you know at that point i thought 
well, you just got no shame, have you? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're going to target the kids and you're going to target the poorest people in the world. Nice one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was quite shocked when I heard that. that. Uh, yeah, that reminds me, I, I have to look up because um, I have, my grandma was uh, from from Australia, from Tasmania, and um, I know there's a huge problem with uh, Aborigine, um, yeah. Indigenous people um, and alcohol in Australia. And um, and it's been very controversial in terms of marketing. So that's something to, to look up and analyse, I think, because mm. I think if you looked into that, there was probably some... There's, you know, like I'm sure it touches in lots of sort of socio-economic ways, you know, mm. how people are used, how people are kept at a certain level, how how you can, you know, um, divide and rule in terms of government policy. Um, I'm sure I'm getting very uh, conspiracy theory, but I'm, I, mm. I'm well. Interestingly, sure somebody told me yesterday that. from her research that the in it, we were talking about how do you know and how do you get the stats on who's drinking too much and who's got problems and who needs help and she said the inland revenue figures are double what is reported on any kind mm. of health agencies so you know it's a bigger problem than than we know but that that's another mm. thing it's like well who funds the research and who puts out you know we've had this thing late um recently about now that the links between cancer and alcohol have been absolutely irrefutably proved and there's been such a lot of money going into trying to prove any positive links with alcohol so like mm. that one oh you know having one glass of wine a day oh it's ever so good for you and it's like well actually no it's not so but that is so deeply entrenched in our yeah just so, drink grape know. juice my my yeah. my um my one of my husband's best friends is a um uh, a wine. How do you? When you well, they probably call for... them connoisseur, don't they? Rather than yeah. pissed. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm oh, no, yeah, angry. Don't he's, mix he's, marketing he's, and <laughs> periods. Come on. Uh, yeah. Um, what he was saying, though, was that you know the that that that's the whole thing about kind of antioxidants and and wine being good for you is is com- a complete fallacy it's nothing to do with wine it's to do with grapes yeah. so you get exactly the same um uh good benefits from eating a bowl of grapes or drinking some grape yeah. juice so yeah that's that one put to the side yeah let's he's move. A, a big he's <laughs> a big one. wine drinker so you know yeah. he he he's under no illusion um you you were also saying that something came up in terms of uh, mothers being the centre of the family, um, yeah. and how that impacts on alcohol usage. Sort of keeping yeah. that yeah that central figure. I think yeah, I I do. I mean, I think I'll probably backtrack just slightly because I think the the three messages that I picked up before were and and I had a chat with this lady about it and she agreed were that you know we're and I think this is where we were sort of heading towards Christmas I think we'll probably do more on this but it's sort of these messages for us in in the UK definitely that you can't connect without me so it's always this friendship kind of social thing a lot of when people stop drinking they are worried about being isolated and and not being able to socialize um, mm. So you can't connect without me. You can't experience fun without me. Again, it's like, well, life's going to be boring and da da da, and I can't. So, and these are very key messages coming through from our coal industry. And you can't. Now, this is the one that uh, um, where the mums thing comes in for me, and that I think it's become acceptable because those I think you could see that in the the 80s with the kind Mm. of Tio Pepe adverts with the Iman kind of like dancing and looking gorgeous and skinny but um but that you can't relax without me or unwind without me which is the mummy Mm. school gates wine culture which has massively taken off I think and and really, the, the sinister underlying message, if you can't relax or unwind without me, is actually you can't cope without me. Mm. Now, at that point, if you're relying on that, and that message is it's fine, it's wine o'clock, I've just got to have that bloody glass of wine because the kids are driving me mad. Okay, so where is this? Is this, this leads us back to grey area drinking, mass grey area drinking, right? Mass problematic yeah. drinking. And the fact that that's now become totally acceptable, totally normal. normal. And, you know, you, I go into um, 
a, uh, what's it called, New Look in our town. And there's picture, there's next to the kids stuff is will be a night shirt which will begin with saying something like, you know, start the day with the smile, end it with prosecco, and it's on a bloody nightgown. In, mm. in you know, so it's 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 re it's managed. That message has disseminated now. Yeah. So then we you, you you brought it back to, and I said, you know, once you've got to the mums, you've got to the pr- primary agent of socialisation, which is the family. So it's a bit wordy, sociology speak, but it's basically where we're socialised. The primary ones is the family. Secondary is, I believe, school. I think. Um, I can't remember the exact. Um, but primary is definitely at home. So if you've got to the mums and you've made that that all look very normal and acceptable and even problem drinking looking acceptable, then you've got to the kids, you've got to the next generation, really. Um, yeah. It's like having your worker bees spreading the message, pollinating, you know. And I think yeah, you sort well, of said you felt yeah. like that had happened almost, it was almost a lucky accident, a happy accident for the alcohol industry that that happened. So I'm quite interested... Yeah, well, I think um, your point we, can of that. Go, we, we can go on to talk a little bit about how marketing works. So um, you have two basic uh, ways of marketing a product. So you either have push or pull. So push marketing is your traditional um, way, you know, TV ads, posters, mm. magazines, TV, um, cinema, um And then you have pull marketing and pull marketing is now more important than push marketing. And that's when it interacts directly with the customer. So that could be, you know, endorsement, product placement uh, and sponsorship, but also um, consumer led. So Mm. it comes from the person and then that reaction, that viral reaction, that's why social media is so important because that viral reaction of word of mouth or, um, I like this can create its own trend, which is exactly what's kind of happened in the last uh, sort of, well, I'd say since I've been a mother. Mm. So in the last kind of 10, 15 years, you know, social media happens, Instagram happened, Facebook happened. Yeah. Um, then this kind of backlash. So you had all this perfect mother posts Mm. and this backlash to have sort of real parenting um and honest parenting which then let's open this uh space for talking about how parenting is difficult which it is which led to this kind of comedy element of you know having a glass of wine to take the edge off it which is very british and very Mm. Well, and, and clearly very American too, very Anglo-Saxon, we should say, because it's huge, huge industry in America. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously those that work in marketing and advertising found this potential growth market and yeah. have exploited it to the max. Mm. And so now it works what's called a push-pull uh, methodology. So not only are you getting people that are... Um, you know, organically talking about alcohol and that's feeding uh, this merchandise, you know, these cards, etc. But then you've also got influencers that are paid by alcohol companies to promote their products. On social media? Yeah. So like, um, I didn't know this, but I just just in my research this morning, you now have like, they're called drinkstagrammers. Yeah. which, you know, this is a bit more kind of high level market, but they are, you know, constant, like making cocktails. Yeah. You know, the cocktail industry has become huge mm. um, and they are paid by. Um, so it's aspirational, huge, but yeah, it's it, just yeah. like, oh, I'm your mate on Instagram and I'm making. Yeah, this. yeah so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but obviously they are being paid by uh, alcohol industries to make cocktails mm. with their products. So all that is uh, is is brilliant because there's no legislation, there's no limitation, mm. there's no, uh, you know, there's quite strict. Uh, I'll go to talk about France because France laws about alcohol advertising are, are really strict in comparison to the UK. But this grey area of, of social media marketing um, and it being led by influencers and the, the gin mummy culture, the wine mummy culture, has basically been led 
it came from a, an, an innocent place, as it, as it were, you know. Um, it was women talking about the struggles of being a parent. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, wine o'clock itself, I don't think it came, you know, it didn't come from, it came from a misunderstood place, I think. Uh, it came from people um, not understanding how they use alcohol. Yeah. And that's what's still problematic. You know, I ha- I don't want to mention any names at all you know I have tried to talk to some influencers not to change what they're doing because you know everyone has a a right to say whatever they want but you know just occasionally to say I know I make a joke out of this and I know I you know joke about using gin to help me parent or Mm. but if you're struggling you can contact these people for help you know, yeah. just having a, re- a more responsible... Just having a caveat um, in there that says, yeah. you know, to be part of my club, you don't have to be drinking the gin as well. And actually, I see that it, it might be like that for you. And I, I think yeah, if you've got those platforms and those followers, it would be it would be great, wouldn't it, to, to have this feed yeah. through to that because there's a big crossover. Um, but then, but then no. you know, then again, I know that, you know, when I was in that frame of mind you know you can channel the I mean social media can be a wonderful thing because it can open your mind in so many different ways but it can also you can also filter down a view that you want to follow yeah there was a moment in my life where I saw all those blogs and 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 people were hilarious you know Mm. and and it and it gave me that confirmation of like well they're doing it so I'm doing it and it's and it's all right you know yeah so so yeah, I mean um, that that push pull thing mm. um, is is the way that marketing works, and so it's coming at you from all angles. Yeah, you know, so and it and the subliminal stuff too on TV. You know, mm. watching series where you've got aspirational yeah. women who are you know, there's always alcohol, as you say, it's that normalisation process. Mm. And that, and say like James Bond as well, you know, there was a thing about Daniel Craig as, you know, that, you know, hot James Bond sort of anti-hero figure and or either Mm. like the amount of whiskey placement in, was it Mm. Spectre? Was like, well, you know, was quite full on. I remember reading something about that. Mm. And then there's that, um, we were talking about the supermarkets as well about, um, I think Lucy Rocker opened my eyes to this about the back to school um aisle you know when you've got the school uniforms and the pencil cases stationary and doing the wine promotions next to that was this again Mm. this kind of i mean it's subtle but when you start seeing it it's like that's not subtle that's really blatant yeah um mummy time you know back to school Mm. mummy time um placement you know so and i I think that's it i think for you know because i can get very ranty about this but my point would be so I remember talking to some people on sober forums um, and this coming up about, well, you know, at some point you've got to take personal responsibility and it's your dialogue with yourself that says whether you've got a problem or not. And, you know, and if you're, a, you know, I think this lady was saying if you're an alcoholic and, you know, you're an addict. And, and, I, and I sort of said, well, I for me personally, it really helps to see a bigger picture, to know that, well, what led up to this, to see this, the fact that there are messages coming through all the time, you know, and this grey area drinking, where that you, it, it, it happens almost by default, you know, we, we get funneled, it's not accidental, there are, there's a big industry behind it, who want mm-hmm. to sell, like, uh, like, like there is, like many products are, um, and you and it is expected and accepted so you know almost that that bit of self-compassion about it about okay well look if I am kind of going actually this isn't feeling good it really helped me to think oh okay why is it particularly hard at Christmas oh my god there have been 25 booze adverts no wonder I'm feeling shitty do you know what I mean or I it just really helped yeah. to know that there was this going on and I think that's my part of my reason for wanting to talk is not just to have a rant I mean it's something to feel angry about but to have that self-compassion and aware heightened awareness of where the messages come from you know yeah 100% so for me you know living outside of the UK uh, I have kind of an exterior uh, look on this 
So just to explain a little bit about the mm. marketing laws in France. So in 1991, it's called the Eva law. Do you like my French? I do. Um, so it was the, the guy was, a, his name was uh, Monsieur Eva. I don't know what his actual <laughs> name was. Um, and um, so in order to protect young people, um, there is no alcohol um, advertising on TV, cinema, uh, and uh, or at any sporting events or cultural events. Yes. So uh, there was a huge controversy in 1998 because of the, the the World Cup being in France, and normally the World Cup has a, an alcohol sponsor, and they couldn't sponsor. Mm. So um, there was this massive kind of thing about that. Uh, each uh, any messages that there are so there's messages on radio um, between nine and five which are deemed adult listening hours mm -hmm. um, but every advert has to state um, at the end the abuse of alcohol is dangerous to one's health mm. in French obviously so any advert anywhere in France that you see will have that message so mm. the abuse of alcohol is dangerous to one's health mm. the third part of that law is that any alcohol ads that there are um, must only contain factual information and data. So basically what you'll see is you'll see a bottle of, you know, red wine from Bordeaux. It will say uh, the castle that made it and the year and the price. Mm. That's that's it, basically. Mm. Um, what they call attractive ads. So any ads with positive, evocative images and or text associating alcohol with pleasure, glamour, success, sport, sex, opinion leaders are forbidden. <laughs> That's so interesting, isn't it? It's exactly so, what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I do, I, I wonder, 100% do believe that that has an impact on my kids. Yeah. Um, when we go to London... And we get off the the aeroplane and we go to London, you know, maybe six times a year. We get off the aeroplane, we get on the train, come into London, get on the tube and bam, it starts. Mm. Alcohol adverts on the tube everywhere. And my kids, they're bored and so they read them. Mm. And my daughter says to me, oh, hey, there's loads of alcohol advertising, isn't there? And obviously because I've got this dialogue with them, because I'm not ashamed to speak out and say, yeah, you know, I prefer it if you don't drink in your life. That would be a good idea. Um, we have this conversation about it. And then we get home. And last year we were in London for Christmas. And it was so full on. Mm. You know, it's like every other advert between Christmas film, family film and supermarket ads mm. about buy one, get buy one get two free you know <laughs> bottles of of champagne or prosecco or whatever yeah, right. you know and i you know those sort of promotions to prom be promoting that on tv mm. on primetime tv i don't see it in day-to-day -day life yeah you know yeah and again obviously there's no it doesn't mean that there aren't problems with alcohol in france there is but this mm. what we've been this identifying of this gray area of building mm. people with potential problems yes it's like work that not gray having, area mm. and not having that um that that message you know and, and this whole kind of mummy meme i was trying to explain to my french friend the other day of, sorry of can you, is, that your, is that a cat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've got a really vocal cat. <laughs> Sorry, she, yes, she's, she's she's needy. Um, yeah, that 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 um, you know the mummy uh, mummy wine culture and the, there there isn't that yet. Mm. And this is the always thing that kind of frightens me because mm. you know it's a globalized market, and if you talk to any, um, yeah. I don't know, any French person above the age of kind of 50 they'll say that the way that people are drinking now has changed hugely and you know they call it, i mean they always blame the americans don't they the french well actually they blame the they brits, blame as british well. don't they i thought that they yeah. anyway that's not getting well, to that kind of, <laughs> yeah they kind of blame anyone that's that's not, that's not french uh, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of, of you know globalization then mm. that's got to have come in from somewhere because yeah. the traditional model um is yeah they are huge consumers of of alcohol in france but 
um, I think one of the biggest in Europe. But binge culture is very, very new. Mm. Um, and it's always been le binge drinking, mm. re- referring to British people mm. and what they do. Le binge drinking. Oh, yeah. In England, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how French people speak. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but mm. so this law um, actually was they, they tried to amend it in 2015 with um, with uh, Macron, um, and it kind of got through. It got passed because obviously you know the wine industry is hugely important in France, and so there was quite a lot of kind of mm. um, pressure to loosen these advertising. Um, standards um, and finally it was rejected by the kind of health industry mm. um, because you know they in their reports it's like there are 49,000 pre- preventable deaths directly yeah. linked to alcohol yeah, every right. year in France mm. we're not going to do anything to make potentially that, that make that yeah that worse so thank goodness for the moment. It's well, you know, I was going to co- say say about this about the. Um, I think this leads leads on quite nicely to talking about the fact that. Okay, so the capitalist model is to seek out new markets, and I know that you know certainly I've had um, someone say to me, "Yeah, but you know this is it's responding to need, it's responding to want, it's seeking out new markets. That's what mm. capitalist." capitalism does but i think that there's a general kind of thing there where where we can't kind of endlessly consume do you know what i mean can't uh, we mm. get you know there's like a huge population and we have to start living slightly differently but also you're not selling a bar of soap here like you said the yeah. french government said well you know what this the, 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 there are massive risks there's these statistics actually this causes all of these deaths so you're not selling something harmless you're selling something with a, a significant risk yeah, that a lot and, and of I people so you, you know, know let's this, call a spade a spade shall we and that's the this problem. kind of um you know this is it's the protection of children yeah you know, which i find really generation. interesting too yeah you know, um, it's like exposing uh, people to messages when they're not um, they're not mature enough to understand and be able mm. to formulate those messages properly. Mm. Um, and you know, it's true. Every child that is in London riding on the tube, you know, on mm. a regular basis, mm. or every child that's watching TV with their parents. You know, this message is being normalised to them. Yeah, it's uh, that, that you know that that every meal you've got people yeah. sat around. It's unquestioned drinking. that it's a part of adult life. I think that's because yeah. this came up when uh, last dry January I was sitting around with some friends. Um, we had a, a mum's morning, but a dad was there as well. And this morning Britain was on, so this all came up and it all got a bit heated and and, and a bit uncomfortable. And so I was sort of saying, well, it is a drug. And the the dad said, oh, well, I just think we can just overthink things, can't we? I mean, you know, so actually having a discussion about alcohol and the fact that it might be a drug was overthinking. And I think we Mm. were speaking earlier, it's like a good a good comparison to get a sense of actually is this reasonable or not is cigarettes. They're really, really similar. Mm. One was cigarettes were completely acceptable and done and they were glamorised, you know, the cowboy Marlboro man and all the rest of it. And then those slim ones, Kim, I seem to remember for women. Um, And I I speak to my mum. My mum was a heavy smoker and she she said, you know, they didn't really know the health risks. She said, oh, it kept you lovely and slim. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, that's what, it was glamorous. It's what you did. And now it is like you're a social leper if you smoke. You've got to stand outside in the rain. It stings. Everyone knows. And the kids know. Kids are like, why would you start? Your kids have said why you'd start. Mine get really upset if they see a member of the family smoking. So, you know, that's a good bar, isn't it? And I think that yeah. can really shine a light on alcohol. And when people kind of go to you where you're just being completely over the top, it's like, well, am, am I? I don't know. Look yeah. at the risks. Look would at you, the would you want, yeah, would you want your kids to be watching adverts of people sm- sat around smoking all the time? Mm, uh, like exactly. it was a really fun thing to do. Exactly. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, that's the two areas we've, we've looked at um, a, a little bit and looking at mums as well in this kind of um, another thing that I've seen hugely um, is the kind of um, glamorizing, the pinkifying. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the pink washing. It's called pink, pink washing. Yeah, I quite like pink. Pinkifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was yeah. I was looking around this morning. You know, there's there's now. Um, well, the, the the article I read was in January two thousand and eighteen. At that point, um, there were six new different brands of uh, pink gin on the market. So obviously you've got rosé, which is there's now pink vodka, pink tequila, mm. pink cider. Um, I know this is quite a famous example, but uh, a whiskey brand in the States uh, replaced, they have a striding man uh, on their label and they replaced it with a striding woman um, Mm. and changed the name from a male name to a female name Mm. uh, as a special edition whiskey uh, and um, released it on uh, International Women's Day. Oh, nice. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm like, really? Are you going to get any more of an arsehole? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and I think, um, you know, Um, if you Google wine memes on, on, if you search, we should say, wine mm, memes on search engines, I mm, mean, there's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and then their cards and... Um, um, sorry, sorry, just one of my uh, my Americans were saying that it's actually a couple of uh, very very popular um, uh, sort of daily programs. Um, you know, every day, and the women drink. You know, kind of eleven o'clock in the morning, and they talk mm. about life and stuff like that. And it's very very wine heavy, mm. um, and that's again something you know like. Um, you have the the morning morning programs in the UK, don't you? When they do yeah. breakfast and they do cooking and they're always drinking and and that whole thing too is that yeah. kind of normalisation and and how protective people are of that. I think that's you know. a real. Um, you know, I I wrote a blog once about the fact that the where the, where does the wine witch? This is when I was quite early actually. Where does the wine witch hide? And I said, oh, I wasn't expecting it in um, food programs you know because like there's been a big Mm. food revolution in the uk and everyone we call it food porn and everyone's watching the bake-off whilst eating their chinese takeaway thinking Mm. you know so um that's another subject altogether but you know there was hugh fernley whittingstall on there with his lovely bucolic pastures and barn and they were wassling and bringing in the cider and the apples and all cooking together Mm. and they were all drinking and I found that really difficult because it was like, well, oh, that's just this lovely image of very traditional. I was like, mm. bloody hell. But you know what? They don't show the hangovers. They don't show them all rank the next day having bloody mm. hangovers after they've been wassling. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah. that there's there's so many strands to this. But I mm. think that the way it has ramped up, like you say, is it kind of goes hand in hand with the kind of the binge culture, the mummy culture, the dissemination of information, the pressures on us as well, all add up to kind of the perfect storm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That, that's the <laughs> thing. And so if you are sitting there and thinking, you know what, this isn't feeling great for me, but I'm just on my own. It's only me because it's so normal at that point. That's yeah. where I hope that this podcast is it is in any way helpful because i think it it, you know it's no wonder do you know what i mean that that thought has been placed in your head that it's been reinforced and reinforced it's deliberate and it's not necessarily normal and if it isn't working for you you're not a freak it's it is a depressive addictive drug and you know it just happens to be legal and have a multi-billion industry behind it so you know exactly it's formidable you you know so um, yeah, I was saying to you, wasn't I, that because uh, I've been doing quite a lot of reading this morning, and uh, mm. I was like, oh, I think this episode is going to get me really depressed. Um, and then uh, we kind of came to the conclusion at the end that, hang on a second, yes, there's all this negative mm. about how uh, how easily accessible it is to access new markets, how you know mm. social media is so prevalent in our lives, how influential it can be. But if we flip it 
you said to me, that's mm. where the sober revolution comes in. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you can use all of this. We've It goes back to what we mentioned Tara Moore at some point, didn't we, that you mm. had listened to uh, uh, She Recovers. And she was saying, you know, never before have we had these platforms, never before have women had such a voice. So by by the same token, we have a, a better chance of getting our message out there or finding, connecting with other people, getting support and raising awareness. Mm. And we also talked about, you know, well, what can we do then? Uh, I mean, one of these yeah. big booze companies, I think, has bought Seedlip. And now that there's loads more alcohol-free uh, products in the supermarkets, so there's like um, a massive change happening in the UK that yeah. is being driven by consumers. Um, so your power as a consumer really, really counts. You going into your supermarket and saying, could I speak to the manager? I really don't like this. The fact that you don't, why is there a massive booze promotion with your waitrose meal for two? We need an alcohol free option, please, or something. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about something that, you know, like on Hugh Fernley Whittingstall, bless him, is coming into the spotlight this uh, this episode. <laughs> but, you know, his fish food for good fight. And bad. For good and bad. Yeah, yeah, fish food fight. I mean, he did a great thing where on his website there were the uh, email addresses of all of the major retail people that you could email if you sort of wanted them to only stock um, the marine uh, society for conservation or whatever it is the msc or the MCS. sustainable fish yeah yeah that sustainable fish kite mark so we were talking about you know at some point <laughs> getting a list together <laughs> and putting it on the love sober website so that you could click a link and go through we haven't done it yet because we just started talking about it today but you know if you've got time to research um you know those and actually if you felt like being activist and had time to research and want to email us then get in touch you know and we'll we'll put those on a page and for yeah, other people 100 because actually yeah i just wanted you can. to mention yeah yeah i wanted to mention erin mm. street Shaw Shaw street Shaw street yes. uh, that does um tell better stories 2018 mm. um and you know i've been fe- I've been thinking about it recently because I sort of automatically, whenever I see anything, you mm. know, any kind of marketing or advertising, you know, I send it to her. Right. Cause you know, and then I was thinking this woman is like, also has her own kind of, uh, family. She has her own recovery story. Mm. She has a job, um, you know, and she's being in kind of in the middle between, um, our influx of information but also mm. you know people coming back on her and say every time she posts something that's remotely controversial people be like you know sort of she gets a lot of negative mm. uh trolling and stuff like that from you know drinkers and I was like this is this is a lot you know this is a mm. lot on on one woman and it's like as much as she kind of correlates the the whole movement of looking at uh, responsible advertising, it's very mm. important that each person does their own bit to, as you say, like if you see something mm. locally in your own area going, uh, excuse me, mm. you know, I don't think that those, those cards about, um, you know, drinking uh, really should be next to the baby milk yeah. section <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, supermarket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking. I was just looking at why means here. It's just like one. You know, it's funny how six, how eight glasses of water a day is impossible, but eight glasses of wine can be done in one meal. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just like that all the time. Problems that more that more wine can solve. Wi-Fi is out. Feeling like should probably go mm. to the gym. Seamless order is running late. National wine drink day. Um, and then you've got um, one with t- types of beverage. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's that thing as well, isn't it? Once you see it, you really, really see it. Um, But I would put in a a little caveat there because I know that when I was newly um, alcohol-free, again, that that sort of goes back to that self-care. I think at some point you feel strong and feel like you can be vocal about it. But often at the beginning, you're just trying to put your own stuff together. So, you know, I wouldn't want to say, well, you need to be out and loud and proud and all the rest of it if it's just not if you're not there yet and if it's not because some people are very private as well but I just think if you've got that if you feel like you want to say something 
say something and that would be amazing yeah. and then also if you have those email addresses you can do it in a way that's not so confrontational because you know you mm. you know I, I do think those boundaries and protecting your sobriety and safety first and sometimes you can you know I don't know you feel like I think yeah, that no, oh, we're having this conversation two years three years down the line aren't we yeah. where we feel like okay we've got to put some of our toolkit together and now and you've said that you're quite a crusader like you feel quite <laughs> like do you know yeah. what I mean as a kid and I and I feel like I'm a bit of an evangelist as well so um so yeah, yeah maybe it's oh, finding yeah, what you can do within your comfort zone and so I, and so I think, by um, being by showing yourself as a good alcohol free example that the fact that you're happy and the fact that you're like not having an issue that's like a really good advert for people as well you know that's already the revolution is what i'd say yeah. so maybe yeah. it's about finding the way that you feel like you're proud of it and helping <laughs> but it might it might look different to yeah and i think um like um uh we we are in good company. Mm-hmm. The the girls uh, that do the sober cards, I mean, their hashtag is make room for, for sober because they're trying to get, you know, some yeah. sort of um, birthday cards, um, supportive cards for sober people on the Yeah, the it's shop a lovely idea, isn't it? In the, in the high street, you know, and they're, they're, you know, very much about, it's not that we are against these cards of, like you know prosecco friday i mean i think there is an element where some of these cards are are very badly worded or very um, misrepresentative yeah 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 absolutely yeah of course some of them are just like tongue-in-cheek jokes and you know there's no there's no problem with people drinking Mm. and enjoying a a glass of wine if if it's not doing them any harm Mm. but there also needs to be a responsible uh, marketing going on and and be a place for sober people yeah, so i love that make room for sober sort of, is so true it's such yeah. a great way of putting it it is it's not mm. like you're going to tell everybody off for having a glass of wine but it's like but there has to be room for me and there has to be room for our choices that are positively represented and not judged as weird because the we've been marketed at this norm message yeah god this is a massive subject right i feel quite tired having talked about this i'm like and another thing but um i'm gonna have to go and take my son to the doctor on that note um but so yeah reason to love so or tip of the day tip of the day what would that be Oh gosh, uh, tip of the day. Um, I don't know. You go. <laughs> tip of the day. I was talking to someone yesterday, and this go. I keep coming back to Tara Moore. I mean, she's just lit me up. And I was talking to someone yesterday who was, who hopefully maybe we could get on the pod at some point. And she was saying that her drinking escalated when her kids were grown up, but she felt that she didn't she wasn't an expert and she didn't know who would listen to her and I was sort of saying about the podcast and I said look we're not experts either we're just kind of sitting around with a cup of tea having a chat about it and it's Mm. now we've got this platform and to tell I said to her what that Tara Moore had said to tell your truth is to be a revolutionary now and I love that I love that I said my god how many women in their 50s you know you can talk about that and if you just tell if you just live your truth and you tell your story when you're ready then that is so generous and that is so powerful so I think that I think getting to grips with your story would be my tip of the day and being proud Mm. of it you know good one uh tip of the day tip of the day um I am currently doing a photo challenge uh which is called fall in love with yourself um on instagram and i did it last year and that's kind of where a lot of my uh instagram buddies came from so um if you're kind of sort of going oh yeah i need to find some kind of sober Mm. friends but you don't really know like how to engage then things like that are quite uh quite a good thing if you join a challenge or Mm. um there's loads of groups on on uh, facebook as well so 
if you need any advice, we can definitely kind of direct you in the, the right place. Um, but yeah, that sort of photo challenge thing is quite a nice way to mm. kind of get to know people. That's yeah. my tip of the day. Oh, that's nice. Some people like to, to love soba. Reasons to love soba. Mm. I... I think more money for me. I was looking at our bank, the disarray of our bank accounts, but I was looking at then what I'd saved on a sober app and it's like that's the money that I've saved has basically paid for my coaching course which is a few grand so you know and I feel good about that because when I look I'm like do that mum thing where I go oh the bank accounts and what can I do and this this and this and actually I'm like wow I deserve that hairdo because actually I've not spent 70 80 quid or whatever it would be 100 Mm. quid on booze so I'm gonna have that so yeah yeah, I love money. That. Money and a, f- and a feminine banking allowance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just reminding me. I really need to sort my hair out. Um, <laughs> yeah. A reason to love sober. I think um, last night I watched a really nice film with my kids. Um, it is called. I wrote it down because I wanted to recommend it. Uh, Hidden figures. It's about the um, three three black women that were uh, at NASA in the 1960s so it's quite a um, it's a good social history film mm. so the kids had lots of questions about kind of segregation and racism and it, it's for kids um it's really really nice film um and i just sort of finished and i just thought oh, like that was nice you know yeah. it's just like spending yeah. time with them in the evening not rushing yeah. to put them to bed not so like having my priorities elsewhere yeah it's just like, and also that they're that little bit older now. And as much as I love Peppa Pig, you know, it does still make me laugh. Um, <laughs> I'm quite glad to be just in a place where we're having kind of um, interesting conversations, you know. Um, and uh, and I don't know whether I would have been in that place in terms of my yeah, mental health and where sure. I was going and spiralling um, mm. if I hadn't stopped drinking. So Aww. being a good mum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Right, well, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, obviously, you know, get some support on board. Um, You can talk to your GP. And also, I've been looking on the internet and mind.org.uk, the mental health charity, have got some really, really good resources on there. So you can always check out them um, for some agencies of support. All right, then, see you next week. Uh, Have a great week and see you next week for more chat.